Hello everyone, and welcome to Whistle in the Dark. <laughs> Sorry, it's me, it's April. Uh, let's do this. Hey, welcome to Whistle in the Dark, a feel-good podcast about all things terrifying. In it, I'm going to interview friends about spooky experiences, discuss irrational fears, and feature immersive radio drama-style storytelling. For this week's episode, I brought back my former writing partner Megan to trade original stories based on the prompt, Trick or Treat, which I know may seem a little uninspired, so I came up with some alternative options for the sake of this intro. Knock Knock, Ding Dong, Haunted House and It's Yours, Tootsie Rolls are Satan's Candy, and lastly, Trick or Treat or Banana. Shout out to Megan for that one. Should have gone with it. Well, with all that said, let's go. Oh, I need, I feel like I need voice or, uh, you know, the like warm up exercises. What's the red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow, le- yellow, leather. see, it's a little, <laughs> your tongue gets in the way. Red leather, yellow, yellow leather, <laughs> red leather, yellow, yellow. <laughs> well, welcome back to the closet, Megan. Thank you. Are you comfortable? If you need to, like, sometimes I do this, you, just, <laughs> you know, okay. For context, we're sitting on the floor of my closet. You sit like you're in a an 80s movie with Molly yeah. Ringwald. A little slouch action. Or like I'm the cool teacher. <laughs> yeah. You're like, hey kids, <laughs> I'm approachable. I have bad posture too. Yeah. I have a slip disc from slouching so much. <laughs> Let's talk about drugs. <laughs> um, my question is, I know I've asked you this and you said I don't. Do I have vocal fry? No. Should I, li- should I lighten it up? Yeah, change your voice, Megan. <laughs> No, you always sound good. Like, everyone said you sounded good, like, especially on the first episode. If they could write it on a card and send it to me, I'd really appreciate it. <laughs> um, please submit your compliments to Megan's voice at whistleinthedarkpod at gmail.com. <laughs> okay, so my story is actually, I wrote this because I have a problem swearing right oh, now. Oh. So it can become a, a unhealthy crutch. Yeah, yeah. So it's true. that's what, kind of where this idea came from. All right, I'm going to begin in a moment. (laughs) She allowed herself them every once in a while, when she stubbed her toe, when someone cut her off in traffic. They tasted good against her teeth, and she could feel herself relax as they passed her lips like she was spewing the negative energy out of her body. She'd taken a yoga class once where the instructor had told her to breathe negativity out, inhale positivity in. It hadn't worked for her. But this sure did. Father Landry, her priest growing up, had said there was a difference between swearing to swear and swearing in a moment of pain. One was bad. One was an understandable outlet of emotion. He had been saying this to a class of 7th graders, so he was probably assuming their swear words weren't all that bad. But somehow everyone had known the worst ones for years. Back then, she still didn't say them. Except on a dare, or whispered to herself in the dark, Her parents would sometimes let fall a curse, but the words sounded foreign in their voices and somehow quaint. But she knew what would happen if she tried following their example. It would not end well. As an adult, the habit mostly stayed. Except, of course, for that occasional toe stub or idiot driver. It was after a particular time of deep suffering in her life that the occasional treat wasn't enough. When overcome with that angry sadness that accompanies loss, she would vent her feelings with a string of words, many repeated, until the intensity of emotion had passed. The outlet was such a relief, she found herself growing angry at the smallest inconveniences, 
so she could give vent not just to the frustration of the moment, but also to that sad anger that was always bubbling at the back of her mind. One day her earphones wouldn't untangle, or at least wouldn't untangle in the six seconds she had allotted to the task, and she gave them such a thorough assessment of what in the grand scheme of things they actually were, she was ashamed for them afterwards. At this point, she knew she should stop, or at least rein it in. She knew she was making it worse by cursing at miniature problems, making them into a much bigger deal than they really were. But her frustration felt too great, her anger too overwhelming to not have an outlet. Things came to a head on Halloween. She'd missed her alarm. Her car did that thing where the key wouldn't turn until she yanked on the steering wheel. She was late to work, and she didn't remember to get candy until after she was already home. Her reactions composed a sort of blasphemous soundtrack to her day, helping her feel momentarily better as things got worse. She considered turning off all the lights and pretending she wasn't home. But then she got in her car. Damn it, the key was stuck again. And after a violent wrench on the steering wheel, drove to the store. All they had left were Tootsie Rolls. She was in public, so she swallowed her anger, and boy was it difficult, bought the Tootsie Rolls, and damn the stupid key, drove home. The doorbell rang at five minutes to six. Ding dong! I'm hoping you can replace that with a sound effect. The doorbell rang. I'm not going to be my stupid ding dong! (laughs) The doorbell rang at five minutes to six. She opened the door to a little masked figure of a red devil. What a cool costume! She looked out for a parent waiting by the sidewalk, but it was empty. Where are your mom and dad? The devil said nothing, just held out his pillowcase. She turned to grab the Tootsie Rolls, then turned back, and the devil was gone. That's weird, she said to no one, and closed the door. She shrugged. Kids. The house was brightly lit, inviting all the trick-or-treaters to her door. But a shadow flickered in the corner of her eye, and she shivered. (laughs) The doorbell rang again. This time, a ghost stood on her front step cut-out eyes glowing red. Cool contacts, she said, and held out the mixing bowl full of Tootsie Rolls. The ghost looked in the bowl, then back up at her, clearly unimpressed. She bit her lip and glanced back towards her kitchen, wondering if this kid would be impressed with some ultra-dark sea salt chocolate. But when she turned back, the ghost was gone. What the heck? she murmured, her moment of confusion turning down the intensity of her usual oaths. She poked her head out of the front door and looked around, but no ghosts nor their parents were to be found. She closed the door slower this time, like she was stuck on slow-mo as her brain went into high gear trying to figure out this anomaly. I mean, I get it. Tootsie Rolls kinda suck, but don't you still take the candy anyways? You could at least trade it. The third doorbell brought a little grim reaper. Its face should have been hidden in the dark folds of its hood, but instead the bony white skull of a ram jutted out its wide eye sockets, portals of darkness. She held out the mixing bowl and decided to be up front. Happy Halloween, kid. I've got Tootsie Rolls. You interested or no? After a moment, the Grim Reaper grabbed a handful of the sticky candy and then chucked it out onto her lawn. Hey, she shouted. What the heck? Where are your parents? Look, I get the Tootsie Rolls are kind of gross, but it's not like I'm giving you needle candy or dental floss. I didn't make you come here, you know. 
the ram skull slowly turned towards her. And then I get vocal fry. <laughs> the ram skull slowly turned towards her. The eye sockets seemed to stare through her, and all of a sudden she felt that same chill she had earlier. She couldn't look away from those inky black pools, and then she realized she could see something in them. It almost felt like her eyes were adjusting to the darkness as her own figure came into focus. And then, behind her in the house, a shrouded ghost and a glowing red devil. I... I didn't make you come here, she repeated desperately. Yes, you did. She didn't know why she asked it, but she knew she had to. What's your name? My name, said the demon, is your favorite word. And he stepped inside the house. His name is Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of the idea is all the like bad words she's saying are bringing evil things into existence. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and then the demons behind her are probably like, shit, and then something else. Uh, asshole? There we go. Perfect. (laughs) Those are like the common ones. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not that one. No. (laughs) Yeah. My story is called What's in the Bucket? What's in the Bucket? What up with that? I'm doing a seven reference. Oh. Oh, what's in the box? Oh. Although I'm doing it like as Jerry Seinfeld, as Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> Megan will be doing all of the radio drama sound effects, immersive aspect of this episode. Mary was not a huge fan of Halloween. Even as a child, she never felt the pure elation the other children possessed at the thought of a whole night of going from door to door for sweet, delicious candy. She loved candy, of course, but her parents had instilled in her a fear of the entire ritual from a very young age. Tales of razor blades and poisoned candy, kidnappers prowling the streets, waiting to snatch unsuspecting trick-or-treaters, and real human skeletons being used as lawn decorations, though that last one was her dad's attempt at a joke. Of course, some of the warnings her parents issued to her were practical. Never enter a person's house, stick with the group, do not eat any candy before they check it first, But the constant reminder that Halloween night was not a time of innocent, carefree fun, but a night where danger lurked around every corner, well, it put a bad taste in her mouth, despite the Reese's and Snickers bars that she devoured every year. That's good candy. It is. That's the top-tier candy. Yeah. So when she grew up and became a parent herself, Mary tried not to pass that fear onto her daughter, Hannah. She ensured that she was safe and chaperoned, of course, and she would not allow Hannah to eat her spoils before she could check it, of course. But Mary wanted her daughter to experience Halloween the way she never could, through pure, wondrous child goggles. So when Hannah was seven, Mary dressed her as a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle and sent her off, chaperoned by her husband Steve, with her three fellow Ninja Turtle friends to gather their plunder. I looked up synonyms for spoils. I have all the options. Booty. (laughs) Yes, I have booty here. While Mary held down the fort and passed out candy. Over a couple of hours, Mary was visited by ghosts, mummies, princesses, and the entire Paw Patrol, and towards the end of the night, teenagers requesting alcohol. After fending off the last of them, she shut her door. Almost immediately, though. Bing! Bong! (laughs) Mary jumped, for no reason in particular. She collected herself, grabbed the nearly empty bowl of candy, which had only Tootsie Rolls and Smarties left, and opened the door. Hello. 
a little girl about Hannah's age with long blonde hair, almost too blonde, greeted her. She had bright green eyes and smiled radiantly. Well, hello, Mary greeted her. What are you dressed as? The girl simply smiled and held out her hand. Mary followed suit, dropping a couple of Tootsie Rolls into it. No, the little girl giggled. <laughs> Hold on, I can do a better one. What does a girl giggle like? <gasps> oh. <laughs> the little girl giggled. Take it. Mary looked at her, confused. Take what, sweetie? Don't you see? N- no. Mary was feeling increasingly uncomfortable, though she didn't know why. It's just a little girl, she thought. In fact, where are your parents? Mary asked, looking around the now deserted street. After a few moments of silence, Mary looked down to find the little girl glaring, her green eyes now boring into her. Why don't you want to take it? This alarmed Mary. Something was clearly wrong here. How about you tell me where you live and I can walk you home, okay? No! The little girl shouted with so much force that Mary took a step back. And then she heard what was unmistakably the giggles of her daughter, Hannah. Mary looked up to find her rounding the corner with Steve, carrying the now incredibly heavy-looking bucket of candy. Mary again looked down at the strange little girl, only to find her gone. She looked around wildly, stepping away from the front door to peer around the corner, look behind the bushes, but she found nothing. No one. The girl was gone. What's wrong? Steve asked as he and Hannah stepped onto the porch. Mommy, I got so much candy! Hannah exclaimed. "Uh, That's great, sweetie. Go ahead inside and I'll check it for you. Hannah skipped into the house. When she thought she was out of earshot, Mary whispered to her husband. Did you see the little girl that was just here? He looked at her quizzically. No? It seemed like there was something wrong. She was alone and must have run off when you got here. I've never seen her before either. It was odd. I'm sure it's fine. Steve stopped Mary. There were plenty of kids running around unchaperoned tonight. It was probably a prank or something, honestly. Mommy, I want my candy! Hannah demanded. Mommy! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay, coming! They re-entered the house and got to work on checking the candy, handing some directly to Hannah post-inspection. There was even more candy here than Mary thought. So much, in fact, that Mary continued her work as Steve took Hannah up to bed. And the thought of that little girl creeped back into her mind. It was unsettling, she thought, before tossing the last of the candy into a Ziploc bag. She stood up, grabbing the now empty bucket of candy, and was bewildered at the heaviness of it. Mary looked down to find a completely unwrapped and rather large candied apple sitting at the bottom of the bucket. How could she have missed this? The bucket was definitely empty before. Regardless, it was clearly going in the trash. She walked over to the garbage pail and tipped the bucket over, but nothing came out. She looked inside the bucket again. There it was. It must have gotten stuck, she thought. Mary considered throwing the entire bucket in the trash, but thought better of it. That might upset Hannah. So she got to work unsticking it. After simply pulling it did nothing, she grabbed a knife to try and pry it up from the bottom. At first it didn't budge, but she slowly began to edge the knife underneath. When she thought she had made enough headway, she shifted the handle upwards to pop it out. Instead, she heard a sickening crack. The apple split open. And inside was Donald Duck. (laughs) (laughs) The apple split open, and Mary was horrified by what she saw inside. Hair. A tuft of bright, blonde 
hair. Mary felt a little queasy. Is this... What are you looking at? Steve said abruptly, making Mary jump again. She whipped around. Look at this, she shouted, brandishing the bucket at him. He looked inside. Is that a candied apple? Yes, with hair inside. Gross, he offered, before plopping onto a chair. How'd this get in there, Steve? I don't know. I didn't look in her bucket after every single house, Mary. This is twisted. I I want to... Who did this? Just throw it out. No, I want to know what sicko gave this to our daughter. What do you want to do? Call the police? It was her. Hannah's voice emanated from the stairway. Mary and Steve looked up to find Hannah crouched on the stairs, peering through the posts. But she wasn't just peering at them. She was pointing. Mary's eyes followed Hannah's finger toward the window, where she saw green eyes peering back at her through the glass. <gasps> Mary gasped and dropped the bucket. What? Steve shouted. The girl. It was the girl I saw before. The girl that disappeared. And so she did again. Because when Mary pointed Steve toward the window, the girl was gone. Mary rushed over to her daughter. When the sound of shattering glass echoed from the dining room, <gasps> Mary clutched her daughter. We need to call the police. If it's really just a little girl, I think I can handle it, Mary. No, something is very wrong. This feels malicious. Oh, stop, Steve chided. I'm going. You can stay here. Mary cradled her daughter in her arms, listening to Steve's footsteps fade, then stop. Hello? His muffled voice rang out. Wait a second. Steve? What's going on? Steve? Steve re-entered the room with Hannah, a very disheveled and terrified-looking Hannah. He was holding her in his arms. Mary looked at her husband and daughter in complete disbelief. What? How? Mary, Steve interrupted, fear finally in his voice. And then she realized. She turned to face the child she was holding in her arms and was met with the same piercing green eyes. Oh my gosh. Well, that gave me shivers. Good. I almost pointed at you when I said hair in the apple because I wanted you to try to do a sound effect. (laughs) 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 Yes. Yes, that's exactly it. Well, Megan, thank you for coming on the podcast. It was an honor and a privilege. Honor and a privilege. It was an honor and a pleasure. See? Is it a pleasure? It was everything. It was warm and cold. Mm -hmm. Hot. It was black and white. It was... It was yes and no. It was was up and down. It was... I'm in a Katy Perry song. All right. Okay, bye, Megan. Bye, April. Come back anytime. If I may just do exactly what you just said earlier. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's episode of Whistle in the Dark. And stay tuned for the next one on October 21st. And if you're enjoying what you're hearing so far, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. It helps a lot. If you'd like me to tell any spooky stories you have, please submit them to whistleinthedarkpod. That's whistleinthedarkpod, P-O-D, at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at whistleinthedarkpod or on Twitter at the Whistle Dark. See you next time. Should have gone with trick-or-treater banana. Motherfucker. Whoops. Uh, gotta go. Bye.